millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Good afternoon, Trish. And I said I join I join you from the garden today, as opposed to taking for the indoors. But I think it might rain yet, so I might yeah, be heading yet for the indoors. Yeah, it's threatening rain, but then they're they're threatening some sunny spells this afternoon as well. The only I was just looking at the weather forecast. Saturday is going to be a scorcher. They're saying twenty degrees and nice sunshine all day. So there you go. Mallow show. It's always good weather I, for Mallow show, I said, isn't it? I said the same thing. I said the same thing. They can get a bit of rain today. It'll just help all the plants and then the, the sun will shine. Okay, let's get straight into questions. Lots and lots of questions coming into you. Sean and Clannacilty says, could you ask Peter, is there likely to be potato blight in this current spell of weather? It's a bit early, I would think, for it. But I mean, obviously, I, I can't predict the future, but I would say it's a bit early for potato blight now, but it has been very damp, but then it hasn't been that warm. So my gut would say no, not right at the moment. But um, but, but unfortunately, who knows? Hi, uh, Peter. Any tips on getting rid of three cornered leeks from the garden? We've always had them there and I actually think they're a lovely plant, but I've only recently realised that they're non-native very invasive and bad for local biodiversity. They're taking over the garden this year. Yeah, they are quite attractive and the, the same with the wild garlic, which isn't, of course, as much of a problem. But the three-cornered leek is a bit of a bully. And any of these, I don't mind it being non-native. I, I don't mind plants being non-native because many of the plants that we enjoy so much in Ireland are non-native. But I do obviously, I mind it being invasive. I don't, unfortunately, have a magic wand as to its control. The only thing you can do really is is get out there with a shovel and or even a decent hand trowel and just try you know what it's try to stay on top of it as opposed to trying to eradicate it but um it, it, the only thing is it comes out relatively easily it's just there's a lot of work in it because there's probably quite a lot of it there but no i don't have a, a, any magic one in fact one thing i might suggest just um a bed I, I in my own garden that i did recently now we didn't have three corner leak in it but i did have that japanese anemone you know the the autumn anemone, which yeah. you know lots of people grow as a plant because it's a beautiful flower, but it does take over. It's just as vigorous. Now, uh, and as you know, I w- I won't use weed killers or chemicals on it, and that is more difficult to eradicate by digging. So what I did, I 
I put a biodegradable weed block over it. So I don't use this black plastic weed block because I just don't like it. It's very bad for the soil. But uh, you can get a biodegradable one. You can even use cardboard or, or wet newspaper as a weed block on top of it. And then I've just mulched over it with soil, homemade compost, uh, and home, my own wood chippings from, from prunings and that over the, in the garden. Uh, I, so I've on top of the mulch, I've put maybe, I suppose, about eight inches of organic material. And that is going to, well, I, I say through crossed fingers, that is going to to suffocate and smother, if you like, the anemone beneath, uh, I hope. Uh, and you could do the same. You see, the reason I'm hesitating here is because that's not always practical. It depends where the wild garlic is. If it's a wide open area and you can do that, like the situation I'm talking about, that's fine. But if it's kind of coming up through plants and everything, then it's going to be more awkward, I'm afraid. But if it's a wide open area, put down some organic weed block, like cardboard or, or a shop bought one, about eight inches of it's like it's the no dig method of vegetable gardening if you like just transferring it over to here just just suffocate it yeah yeah that could work that certainly could work uh hi uh peter could you tell me what's possibly going on with my lawn there's big patches of the grass turning brown and it's died and the crows are constantly pecking at it that's some Teresa. that is most likely um Leather jackets, leather jacket, uh, there's leather jackets under the soil, leather jacket, the daddy long legs, if you like. So they're 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 laying their eggs. The, the grubs for the daddy long legs are called the leather jackets. Now it's early in the year to see birds pecking at them, but that brown patches in the soil means there is activity underneath there that, that they've burrowed there. They're laying their eggs and the, the crows now and later throughout the summer, the crows will be going for it. So what can you do? So sorry. So that's sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. The problem. What's the solution? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the solution is less less easy. I'm afraid you can get nematodes. There is a nematode you can get. Now a nematode is just a parasitic insect, Trish, that'll feed on the grub of the leather jacket. Uh, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the specific nematode that will treat leather jacket. But a quick search online, uh, and you will find one. And that's the biological way and the, the totally environmentally sound way and very effective way. Uh, of, of dealing with it. And that will work. Margaret in Castle yeah. could you ask Peter, how much copper, copper sulphite should I add to the water to spray on hydrangeas and other shrubs? If you're spraying copper sulphate as, as a, a fungal uh, prevention, which I imagine is, is what she's talking about, um, it does depend on where you get it. So if you get it from a kind of a, an agricultural co-op store or something, it'll be sold in one form, uh, like as bluestone. Whereas if you buy it in a garden centre, it'll be called copper mixture. So the rates will vary. If you buy it in the garden centre, it's it's like a white powder. Uh, and I think from, from memory, and I'm pretty sure I'm accurate, it's 35 grams to one and a half litres of water. If you're buying it from like a co-op or an agri supplies, I would check with them uh, to get an exact answer. And that's if you're using copper sulfate. However, when she says she's treating the, the hydrangea with it, I wonder, is she talking about aluminium sulfates, which you'd use to change the colour of a hydrangea? But we'll she stick says with copper and, sulfate just for this question. Says, but yeah. She says, and other shrubs. Yeah, so it's probably a general, yeah, a general yeah. fungal prevention. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Anne says, I can nearly tell, her, tell the answer to this one. Hi, Peter, I've just found two lots of knotweed growing in my garden. Is there anything I can do to get rid of it myself? Uh, no, is yeah. the textbook answer. Yeah. Um, you have to, you should really get on to one of the specialist companies. There's two, uh, I don't know if there's many more, there's certainly two in Ireland. I think one is Japanese Knotweed Ireland and the Japanese Knotweed Company or something like that. But whoever you're going to get to deal with it, just make sure that they are registered and licensed to protect yourself here is what I'm talking about because yeah. there are legal implications to having it on your property, particularly if it spreads from your property or if you ever went to sell the property. 
So you do need to be covered uh, and don't let anybody, anybody cut it back for you and remove the trimmings or dig it out and say, I'll dump that in the landfill. That's all completely illegal. So uh, I, I don't mean to be alarmist or anything like that, but the, the correct thing to do is to get onto a registered contractor. Because it's the, the, it's the disposing of it is the problem, isn't it? Well, you're not allowed. You yeah. can't. You can't move it from your site. You're not allowed to move. And whatever anybody tells you, just to you're protect not, yourself, yeah. it's, it's, you're not allowed to take it off your site. Okay. Hi, Peter. I planted a flowering cherry tree a few months ago, and the leaves at the top are withering. Would it be wind, or did I not water it enough? It's both. It's the same answer, if you like. So if, if it's just planted a few months, it's still more or less new, if you like. So you still need to treat it like it's in a pot because the root the root system won't have got into the, the surrounding soil yet to get its own water. So it is wind that's drying it out. And obviously the way you counter, counteract that is by giving it more water. So it's it's both of the, both are causing the problem. Just give it more water. You can't really overwater it at the moment. Obviously nature has been doing it a bit during the last week, but but even now again the soil is quite dry. So so do keep watering it, and it will it will be fine. I imagine. Okay, and some people have sent on pictures, which I can't send on to Peter at the moment because he's actually on the phone that we will be sending the pictures on to. So I'm going to have to send those on for next week and we'll hopefully get answers uh, to them then uh, next week instead. Okay, an email in from Martin. The potatoes I planted last year didn't grow, but they're growing now. Would they be okay to eat? It's very, it's an interesting one. I'm presuming from the, the sound of the question that he planted them at the right normal time of the year, like, you know, uh, late spring or, well, late winter, early spring. Um, and if they didn't grow last year and they're growing this year, it is a strange one. I've never heard of that before, unless you planted them, let's say, in the autumn. Um, but I don't see why they wouldn't be. No, absolutely. As, as soon as they, 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 as soon as they, they begin to, come into flower bud lift them and they should be fine there'd be no reason they wouldn't be fine to eat yeah yeah and then someone else wants to know would you ask Peter his opinion on the council appear to be not cutting the grass as much this year Uh, one listener says she's heard it's to do with rewilding is that a good move absolutely it's a good move it's not just a good move it's an essential move now I'm not sure on saying that 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 is the reason the local authorities are are reducing the, the cutting back I hope it is it may well be um it's an absolutely essential move because we need to maintain species. We need to reduce the risk of species extinction. And one way we can all do that is to, to leave wildflowers going. If you look, I was only driving home the other day and I passed what up to now would have been a well-maintained green area. And it, it, it hasn't been cut now for a few weeks. And it's like a sea of gold. It's just beautiful with buttercups. But we need to think differently. We need to stop seeing them as a weed and look at the beauty that they're, that, you know, look at it as a, the daisies and the buttercups. I just think it's, it's picture postcard gorgeous. Obviously, when it comes to say health and safety, that's paramount over everything. That supersedes everything. So, I mean, cutting back on, on blind corners and things like that will, will need to, to continue, obviously. But in areas where safety isn't an issue, uh, and where public amenity isn't an issue. What I mean by that, Trish, is, you know, obviously you need to leave, you need to maintain areas for children to play and kids mm. out there and, and for people to walk. But where those aren't an issue, I think it's absolutely brilliant that they're not cutting it. Yeah, okay. And, and I love these kind of stories. Uh, Emma was on to us to say that her grandfather passed away uh, a couple of years ago and his house has now been sold. Emma is going to be spending the weekend at her grandfather's house and he was a great lover of daffodils. She wants to dig up some of the daffodil bulbs out of the garden before the house uh, is finally handed over. Uh, could you give advice on how she stores them and what she will do with the daffodil bulbs? 
Well, um, I think your grandfather will guide you on this one. Don't worry. I lift them out of the ground when the foliage has died back, which is around now. So the foliage and the stems, once they go brown and have died back, even if they're not, and you have to take them out because obviously it's selling. So even if they're still green, it's not the end of the world. So remove all the foliage and when you have them out of the ground, just just wrap the bulbs even in a bit of newspaper or a, a dry brown paper bag, something like that. Store them. It's very, very easy. Store them somewhere cool and dry, uh, like a garden shed, something like that. Doesn't want to get warm are damp uh, and plant them out then again come the autumn September October on and I think they'll be fine Yeah and then her other sister is taking one of her granddad's roses by the way she says we do have the permission of the new owners they're not going to attack in the garden Uh, what advice would you have for the sister on the moving of the rose it's a very old rose Uh, she reckons it's been in the garden uh, over 30 years would it be there that long? Oh could easy and more and more more, much more yeah Um, I would suggest on this one, I know this depends on the permission, how how, how per- much permission you get from the new owners. Yeah. If they'd let it there and let you do it at the right time, you could do it now, but you, there's a huge risk of losing it. It's more probable that you would lose it by lifting it out of the ground now because it's the wrong time of the year. If the new owners are, are amenable and if they give you permission, the best time to do that, to lift that, would be December, January. Uh, and then it should move quite successfully. But moving it now... Uh, it will be less likely. However, if you have to move it now and if you don't, if you can't leave it till December, January, uh, just get as much of the, it's a taproot system with the roads, get as much of that root out of the ground as you can. Really cut it back hard over the ground. Don't be scared of cutting it back too hard. That won't be a problem. If it's going to survive, it'll regenerate quickly. Uh, you see, all the growth that's over the ground is going to lose water through a transpiration. So you, you want to reduce it losing water because it's not getting as much water because you've damaged the root system, uh, if you're still with me. So get as much of the root out as possible, remove as much over the ground as possible and get it into somewhere and keep it very well watered over the next few months. But, 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 ideally leave it till December, January. Yeah, talk, talk to the new owners. Okay, and somebody says, could you find out from Peter, what day is he in the garden centre? What day is he at the garden festival? I've enjoyed his seminars in previous years. What days are oh, you brilliant. doing? Brilliant. I'm there on Friday and I'm there on Saturday. I won't be there this year on Sunday, unfortunately. I'll be there on Friday and Saturday and I'm not 100%. I should have known. I should have checked this before I came on air. I'm not 100% certain of the time, but I think it's around one or two o'clock in the seminar hall in, in Mallow. Okay. Well, listen, enjoy, because I know you enjoy it. It's, it's an event you really enjoy. Oh, I love enjoy. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it, yeah. Okay, pleasure as always. Thanks for that. Peter, we'll talk again next Wednesday. Thanks, Trish. Thanks Bye-bye. a million. That is uh, Peter Dowdle at theirishgardener.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.